welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with our first club update of the season of 2017-2018. Joining me is Jamie Smith at Jamie Smith on Twitter with two Fs, a freelance football writer uh, that is a big Burnley supporter. Jamie uh, not many people expected what happened this week with your beating of Chelsea. Uh, and I think an important note is a lot of people I've seen are turning to the referee, including Conte, who said he wasn't complaining about the referee while saying he didn't have tactics that could only deal with nine or ten men on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Which very much is a comment on the referee. But I thought you looked better just from the jump. Yeah, I mean, it was such a strange one. I think, like... When the fixtures come out, you've got Chelsea away first up. Everyone expects that you're just going to lose that game quite easily. I think we've had a couple of draws against Chelsea in the last couple of years, so I haven't done that badly against them. Um, but it's, it's about as difficult as you could get. However, with the, the problems they've had over the summer, the fact that quite a few players were injured or unavailable for for what varying reasons, Diego Costa's obviously a self-inflicted thing from Antonio Conte. It, it did feel like there was an opportunity there. Um, I'm not going to be revisionist and say that I expect us to get a result. I still thought we'd lose. Um, but even from the first whistle, Chelsea were, were really off core. Um, and that, that's certainly partly down to the way Burnley approached the game. We were in their face, very compact, didn't give them any space and made it difficult and unsettled them, I think. And they didn't seem prepared for that sort of game. Um, in, in terms of, of the referee, obviously, Gary Cale's red card is a massive turning point. Before that, the game was very, very even. Chelsea had dominated the ball. There hadn't been a lot of chances. For me, I don't think there's any argument over it. He's lost control. He's well over the ball. Defoe's reaction's a bit over the top, but players do that. And I think the referee probably got that one right. Fabregas looked like he was trying to get sent off all game. He was just having one of all the time. Um, so I don't think that was a surprise. And certainly second yellow was definitely a yellow card as well. So I don't think they can really have any arguments. I saw something as well. There's a still where David Luiz looks to be headbutting Robbie yeah. Brady or at least going head-to-head with him. So... And that was you've right seen people in front of the get, referee as well. Yeah, exactly. You've seen people be sent off for that before, so they could have gone down to eight men, really. Um, Chelsea's temperament was really strange all game, and I think we exploited that really well. Both our second and third goals from quick free kicks, they just weren't paying attention at all. And having done it once, we then scored a very similar goal a couple of minutes later because mm. they still weren't switched on from a set piece. Um so, yeah, from Chelsea's point of view, they were obviously appalling in the first half in particular, but you can't really praise Burnley enough for that first half showing to be 3-0 up at the Champions in the first 45 minutes with the quality of the goals that we scored as well. Stephen Ward's goal, one of the best you'll see this season. The cross from Stephen DeFore for Sam Volks' second, mm. absolutely sublime, although he's, he's given a lot of space to get the ball into the box. So fantastic goals. And although we were a bit nervy at the end, I think, when Chelsea came back into it, I, it was difficult to argue that Burnley didn't fully deserve that. 
Yeah, how nervy was it for you in that like last ten minutes after they got the second? Though? It was very nervy. I think there was a, there was a real lack of composure, to be honest. I, I don't want to criticize the performance too much because obviously we've gone to Chelsea and won, <laughs> and we only won once away all last season. So, oh wow, that is right. Obvious, yeah, it's obviously <laughs> a fantastic result, but it was a bit. PSG against Barca in the Champions League last season in that there was just no game management at all. We kept giving them the ball back. They had nine men in injury time. We kept giving them the ball and just had to keep it and have some composure. And you should have been able um, to. There should have been an open pass every yeah, time. Exactly. It really shouldn't <laughs> have been difficult, especially since I think that Luis has gone up front by then. So there was hardly anyone at the back. We should have just been able to get in there half and keep the ball. Um, but we didn't do that. I think Morata blocked a shot from his own player with their last attack. That could have easily gone in. And honestly, if the game had been five, ten minutes longer, Chelsea would have won it because they had all the momentum. Burnley were absolutely ragged. Um, so a few concerns there, but Chelsea have a lot of quality on the ball. They finally got the heads together and they were a different proposition in the second half. Morata made a big difference. We didn't cope with his movement very well. Batshuayi had been easy to cope with for our defence but Morata posed a lot of different questions that we didn't really handle um, but we got the job done it's very Burnley to be 3-0 up at half time against 10 men and still be holding on to win the game <laughs> um, but the, the points are what counts at the end of the day like I say our away record was so bad last season and it became a real thing over the course of the campaign that we hadn't won away and Every away game, you could just see the pressure. And whenever we conceded a goal, it was like, well, that's it. We've lost the game because we just were so bad. So to get the away win so early this time, obviously there's nothing to worry about there. And it gives everyone a real boost after, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but it's been a bit of a mixed uh, pre-season in terms of transfers and stuff. Yeah, speaking of which... Uh, Andre Gray goes to Watford just a few days before the season starts. Michael Keane left, but we had spoken about him many times last season. The feeling was yeah. always that he would go. What I'm sure you also thought would happen, though, would replacements would would come in, which has not yet happened. Uh, are you concerned that it's taking too long or that it may not happen at all? Yeah, I mean, there's an argument for saying James Tarkovsky, who played alongside Ben Mee, Chelsea on Saturday is the keen replacement. We bought him 18 months ago and he's had to be very patient and wait because Keane and me were such a good partnership. Um, but then there's there's not really anyone after Tarkovsky. Our cover after that is a guy called Kevin Long. He's become a Republic of Ireland international in the last few months but hasn't played Premier League football really. He played I think one game off the bench Um a couple of years ago and a couple of games at the end of last season because of injuries, but he hasn't really looked like he's going to go on and become a Premier League player. And then Dash has been saying that next in line after that is Charlie Taylor, the guy we signed from Leeds this summer, who's a left-back. He's decided that Taylor's going to be his cover at centre-back. So we're obviously short in that area. Um, I like Tarkovsky and he did well in the cup games that he played last season, but he did switch off for both Chelsea goals on Saturday, he played well apart from that, but if you play well and still make two mistakes that directly lead to goals, it's difficult to say you've had a good game overall. Um, and there was quite a few instances like that at the back end of last season as well. People said, well, Tarkovsky's playing with Long, it's a brand new partnership. He's not playing with Keane or me who were established. 
give him a bit of leeway, but we conceded two goals in the last three games of last season, I think, when Tarkovsky played. We conceded twice again on Saturday at Chelsea. Um, obviously, we've won the game, but we're not going to win too many games if we're conceding twice a game. So I think a defender has to be a priority for me. I don't understand why we haven't signed one when everyone knew Keane was going to be sold this summer. It surely had to be the, the top of the list of the business that we do to, to sign a, a quality new centre-back. Um, but Dash seems to have decided Tarkovsky's his man and from the noises he's made, he's not going to sign a defender, which I think is a mistake. It only means an injury to, to Ben Mee or James Tarkovsky. And we've got an absolutely untested centre-back partnership. So, yeah, it's certainly one to keep an eye on. And hopefully the results at Chelsea won't sort of paper over that, that little crack because I think it is something that we still need to do. Yeah, and be, and because of that transfer, uh, well, lack of transfers, I suppose, um, a lot of people, and I'm I'm willing to hold my hand up and confess that I did as well, had Burnley as a preseason relegation uh, candidate, um, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Obviously, the Burnley result against Chelsea is a massive one. Do you think people were too quick to doubt that maybe there's a lot more of a whole being greater than the sum of its parts feel at Burnley, even without those two? bigger names from last season or do you think it's a little more on the mark and this is um just a a happy coincidence and maybe you'll stay up maybe you won't but that we shouldn't read too much into this i think it's understandable why people would point at at Keane and gray going and think that means that that burnley are doomed but yeah you're absolutely right last season we showed that we're a team without stars really although i think Keane was our best player by a distance it, it was very much a team effort and it'll continue to be so we're not going to go out and spend 20 million on someone who becomes our star player that's not the way we do it and you saw at Chelsea the way that we operated as a team and frustrated them at first and then put together some really quality attacking moves um but yeah I I think it was understandable you take Gray's goals out of the team as well He, he scored nine I think in the Premier League but four of those were over two home wins over Christmas, and without those victories, thanks to Gray's goals, we'd have been in real trouble. So, mm. I, th- I think it makes sense. The other argument with Gray, though, is that he might not have played a lot of the games in pre-season. We played four-five-one quite a lot. Played four-five-one at Chelsea. Obviously, that was sort of forced with with Gray having gone, but. When he had a year left on his contract and the money that was offered from Watford, I don't think there was really much choice but to to sell, really. The four five one we'd played as well last season when Gray was out because of his, his social media drama that led to quite a long suspension. So we tried it and it worked. We knew that that was an option. Um, so I don't think it, it needed any sort of panic when we sold Gray for the money. It's a good business deal. It's one of those where it's, will it prove out to be a good football deal? And again, I think we need to sign a replacement. I like the four-five-one. I think Sam Volts is an excellent lone striker, brings quality out of everyone around him, and we'll be able to get players into the box and and cause real problems for teams like we did at Chelsea. But you also need the option of of pace, particularly from the bench. We don't have that. And in the second half at Chelsea, when we were getting pinned in, we could have really done with Andre Gray or a similar player to bring on, have that outlet cause problems on the break that we didn't really do in the second half and I think our forward options are quite samey at the moment so I'm hoping that's still something that we're looking into in the market 
Any uh, thought? Well, we've seen a lot of homecoming links. Of course, it's it's one of the media's favorite. Um, with also Burnley fans' favorites. <laughs> also true. Uh, Swansea in particular uh, allegedly offering for both Joe Allen and Wilfried Boney. Talking yep. about lack of pace and a second option up front. What about Liverpool and potentially trying to get Ings back? Well, it's it's obviously been mentioned. From Burnley fans, I saw that he'd scored in an under twenty three game this week. Yeah. I don't know where he's at with his with his injury recovery. I know he's not been involved with the first team in pre season really, so he's obviously still working his way back. Um, but if if he's like the Danny Ings that we had in the promotion season and for maybe the first half of the the Premier League season before his head was turned a little bit by the interest from Liverpool, then he's certainly getting to our team and he'd be a fantastic option. The Ings and Volks partnership was terrific, both in the Premier League and the Championship, very fruitful. Um, so if there was a chance to to get that back together, I think we'd probably be interested. That said, there's a lot of examples where players have gone back to clubs and it hasn't worked out. I think you always have to be a little bit wary. But Ings is still early in his career. It's not like he's gone somewhere and now he's on the way back down. It didn't work out for him at Liverpool because of injuries, not because he wasn't good enough. So if he's fit, oh, and I think they played it, him on the wing. When he well, was. yeah, exactly. Um, but then I suppose if things came back, we wouldn't play the four-five-one anymore. So it's it's an interesting one. Speaking of former players, I'm quite surprised we weren't interested in Jay Rodriguez this summer. Mm. Another player who's had a lot of injury problems, but yeah. at sort of 15 million that West Brom paid, we must have known that there was a chance Andrea Gray was going to go. <sighs> For me, it was a bit of a no-brainer. Jay would surely have loved to have come back up north. He's from the area. He's family of Burnley fans. It just seemed like a really obvious one for me, and I think we missed a trick. He played really well for West Brom at the weekend. Yeah. And again, if he can stay fit, I think he's going to be a very good player, and maybe even Rodriguez have a chance of going to the World Cup next summer. Yeah, Jay Rodriguez, I thought, was a really good signing for West Brom, and it's exactly what they needed because, you know, they yeah. tend to sometimes be stagnant going forward, rely on set pieces. Does that sound like any clubs that are... <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, like, the, the quality of the goals that we scored at Chelsea was fantastic. But oh, two of incredible. them are still from set pieces, really yep. quick free kicks. Yep. Um, and I think we'll score a lot of goals similar to that this season. Robbie Brady's delivery is obviously going to be a big part of of our attacking play, so and that is a uh, thing that I think I uh, did not fully take into account when putting Burnley so low in my projected table is you got to assume that we will see closer to Robbie Brady's ability this year than we did last year. Yeah, definitely. I think the, there was a couple of issues with Brady last season. I think if you go for players who've been relegated, it it's always difficult to judge the the sort of mentality. After that, Brady came from Norwich, who hadn't been doing that well back in the Championship. He's not had that good a start to the season either, although he looked good in the Premier League the season before. To come into a team mid-season, always a bit of a challenge. Sean Dash, famous for demanding prodigious work rate from his wingers. I don't think Brady's ever played for a team that's demanded that before. And also concentration. If you're playing further up the pitch and switch off for a minute, you're probably all right. But our wingers quite often are playing, if not as fullbacks, very close to the actual fullbacks. Um, our back four squeezes very narrow at times, and the the wingers will drop in. Um, so I, I don't think he was really used to that. And also, what you would expect from Brady, the quality of the set pieces, it just wasn't there. Um, 
but a lot of positive signs in pre-season. He was very busy in the first half and involved in the first goal, I think. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see more from Brady because I think he's one of the players that you look at in our squad that can maybe push us on a bit further than just having a relegation battle. Yeah. Um, any uh, last thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I, I, I just want to gush about Stephen Defoe, really, because there was so much talk early in the summer that he was going to go, and it seemed like his agent was trying to, to manufacture a move away, and it was understandable because he'd been out of the team for the second half of last season. He'd have fitness problems, and Dash didn't really seem to fancy him. He lost trust in him for whatever reason. Um, and it would have been easy, I think, for Defoe to take take a move this summer apparently he didn't get the offers he was hoping for he's obviously got the world cup to think about next year with belgium so he wants to be playing the premier league's obviously got a lot of focus so he's obviously made up his mind that he's going to stay work as hard as dash demands and i think for him to do that over pre-season force his way into the team and then put in the performance that he did at chelsea where for the i think he played 70 minutes or so he was the best player on the pitch that 70 minutes the cross for Sam Bolt's second goal you're not going to see a better cross than that all season and I think Stephen Defoe is probably the player to watch for us this season if we're going to play the 4-5-1 he'll have a bit of license to go forward he can set our tempo knit the attack the attacking moves together and I think it could be quite exciting really I understand why people were tipping us to go down for me I was a bit concerned before the start of the season as well but from what we saw on Saturday at Chelsea, we're going to upset a lot of teams and we're capable of scoring high-quality goals as well. So, Stephen Defoe, a real man to watch for me. Yeah, we'll definitely be exciting to see because his talent is evident. Um, yeah, is- absolutely. I mean, I, I was looking at the stats at the end of last season and our results with Defoe in the team and not in the team, a total contrast. So, why Dash lost faith in him, I don't know, but it was close to sort of fifty percent win ratio with Defoe in the team. Was it formation t- at all? I think a little bit. In a four four two, you've got to have doubts over his mobility and just getting about the pitch. But in a four five one where he's got the cover behind him, Jack Cope's a really good signing just to sit at the best in the field. Such a subtle signing. I don't think a lot yeah, of people exactly. are, are thinking about that really. Yeah, I mean Swansea fans were quite happy to to get money for Cork, I think, but yeah, certainly fits in well for us. He's played for us before on loan a couple of times and he's got the Premier League experience that we probably needed as well. So Cork will sit, Hendrick will shuttle alongside him, Defoe will get forward and the quality on the ball that Stephen Defoe brings to us is going to be really invaluable. Yeah, well, as a, as a neutral, obviously it was very uh, fun watching that performance and the passion on Sean Dyche. As soon as the whistle blew, <laughs> yeah. was uh, very sweary and directly into a camera. But, I also enjoyed his uh, praise of the linesman after the wait. What did after you do? Match. Yeah, it's very very unusual to have a manager sing like a linesman for praise, but Dash obviously saw something in his performance. Wait, was he coming to go to a decision that was made, or his fitness, or? Well, I think just overall, he thought the linesman had a really good game. I don't know. <laughs> What an interesting... That should be like the next step in football is linesman cams. Uh, <laughs> just it's probably only a couple of years away, isn't it? <laughs> TV coverage is going. That is not a bad shout. That seems like a thing that football would think was a good idea. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Tell the folks where they can find you. 
No worries, always the pleasure. Um, you can read some of my stuff on Goal Betting, or you can check me out on Twitter as well. I'm at Jamie Smith, and I'm currently available to hire for Burnley-related content, so get in touch. Do it. He's a great writer. Give me money. <laughs> if, you, if you need a writer you and money. you want a good one, get this guy in. Um, thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on. Congratulations again on the Burnley win, and I'm sure we'll speak to you out of the season. No worries. Thanks a lot. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.